Good afternoon. You're listening to K Tahoe, the new 96.1 and AM 590. It's time for the bright side with Alexis Robin. Good afternoon. Beautiful days here in hot. Tahoe. It's hot. hot, hot, and beautiful. We spent the weekend uh, gardening and planting all of our organic GMO-free veggies. Very excited about that, and uh, and happy that it's sunny and warm in the morning, so they won't get frozen out. I think you know. I'm thinking about doing the whole vegetable thing. I'm not a green thumb by any stretch. But I was thinking how many times I go to the farmer's market or to the grocery and we buy, you know, vegetables that wind up going bad. Yeah. Because we don't use them. And I thought, now there is a good reason to have a garden. Right. Because you just go out and pick. Right. When you need it. Yeah. Or clip. Lettuce grows well up here. It's good to know because I like salad. Yeah. But we digress. (laughs) So today we're talking about perfect the enemy of done and (laughs) and this is actually i um got this title from brene brown's book uh daring greatly and she has a whole chapter on perfect the enemy of done and in fact has another whole book the gifts of imperfection um but i want to talk a little bit about perfectionism and how it affects people and uh why it happens and then how can you practice uh moving past that now this is a warning a radio warning that if you are a perfectionist you may not like this show so um, it's not for everyone but if you're a perfectionist you probably should listen and just see if maybe any of this rings true for you or might be helpful (laughs) so um, so basically perfectionism affects a lot of people and there's different reasons why it it affects people Um, some people when they were children uh, were praised when they got a perfect score on a test or when they did something really well and they kind of equated that to um, being loved or being accepted or being um, good enough. You know, if I can be perfect, people will love me. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can, if I make sure to get everything perfect, if I get all A's, if I get all, you know, if I can win the track meet, then I will be perfect and people will accept me. I will be a, a good member of society, something like that. And we don't know. And most times, you know, when these things happen, it's not intentional. You know, we never want to deliver that message to a kid. Hey, if you don't get it perfect, you won't be loved. Um, but then that's sometimes how it how it falls out, you know, because just the way it goes. Um, other people deeply afraid of failure um, are just, you know, and a lot of times too, I coach a lot of people who uh, have perfectionism issues, not because it's a niche that I work on, but because there's a lot of people out there that are successful that um, are perfectionists. And oftentimes they'll say, well, you know, I just would never do anything that's less than perfect. Or I, you know, I just doing something halfway is just not even an option for me. I mean, it just goes so far against what I believe in that I couldn't do it. And for them, that's very true. And so, um, so just, it's an interesting thing to kind of notice. And for a while, perfectionism can, um, can drive you to do things really well. Right. It can mm-hmm. it can actually help you to um, there are some some short term benefits to being a perfectionist is because a lot of times your work is really great. But over the long term, it can be very detrimental because mm-hmm. it is a reactive tendency. And the challenge is, is that oftentimes when we start striving for perfection, we get paralyzed. Yeah. My mom calls this paralysis by analysis, yeah. <laughs> which I love. And uh, and sometimes when we're taking too long to make something just right, we miss an opportunity. Yeah. Because we, you know, we took too long and then someone else published the same book and it was like, oh, shoot, I wish I would have done that. So, um, 
So I want to introduce you to a concept of good enough for now, G-E-F-N, and uh, and talk about that. And the reality is we're in a time in the world where things are not certain anymore. Things are fluxing. They're moving. They're changing. And um, there's even an acronym for what's going on. It's called VUCA. You may have heard me talk about it on some other shows, um, but it's the acronym stands for Volatile, Uncertainty, Complexity, and ambiguity. And so you think about in a time where VUCA is rampant and things are volatile and ambiguous and uncertain and highly complex, um, we need to be able to be more nimble. And we really need to be able to be more flexible because when you're striving for perfection and the rules keep changing, (laughs) it's nearly impossible to hit the mark. Yeah. When you, if you're a perfectionist and you're in an industry where things are not changing, nothing's innovating, it's exactly the same as it's been for 20 years, you know, you can really work towards perfecting something. And, but when you're in an industry or you're doing something where things are changing constantly and the only constant is change, that makes being a perfectionist pretty tough. So the world is changing and it's changing at a rapid pace and we need to be able to adapt at the same pace of, that the world's changing in order to keep up. Otherwise, we'll be left behind. So in Brene Brown's book, she talks when she's talking about perfect, the enemy of done, um, she talks about how a 20-minute walk is better than the six-mile run you never take. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, so I, often, I suffer from this issue. And oftentimes, like even with gardening, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, I want to plant 27 different types of plants. And it's like, okay, well, the one spinach plant that actually grows is better than the 20 tomato plants you never get in the ground. Right? Last year, I found out that um, beans and sweet peas actually grow really well here. And the way I found that out is because I set down a six-pack of peas that I never planted on top of my raised bed. And they grew through the bottom of the plastic container and through the top of the um, netting that we cover so the birds and bunnies don't get the stuff. And they went ballistic. And I did nothing. I literally just set it on some dirt. And it just did their own thing. And so... Um, So you think about version one of a book is better than the perfect version that never gets published. Yeah. You know, the imperfect apron that you sewed is better than the apron that you never finish or the, you know, the cut up patterns that are still in the bag because you feel like, oh, I just need to learn how to do this better before I can attack that project. So um, now, though, we're kind of in this time of life where it's okay to have an imperfect version as your first version. Yeah. And the technology world gave us that. And for that, I thank you. <laughs> for the rest of the email and all the rest of it, I don't know. The jury's still out. But the uh, but this whole idea that you publish an app now and you get version one. And then by the time, like I just upgraded my Fitbit app and it does so many more things now. Now it will map my walk and tell me how long I went and how fast I went and how many miles I went. And, you know, when it first came out, it didn't have all that, but now it does. Now I can put in all different kinds of exercise. Now I can, you know, there's different things that it tracks. So, so now we can, you know, we can publish things with version one and then we can go back and perfect the things that we noticed were wrong and publish it as version two. (laughs) So you can constantly be getting better. And so we're trained as a society now to expect upgrades. 
So yeah. it doesn't always have to be perfect on the first try anymore. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. Which is nice. So um, so does this ever happen for you, Jen? Do you ever get like hung up on something trying to make it perfect? Oh, it, it, yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head with, the, you know, the if I can't go do an hour and a half workout, I seem to erase the idea from my head that I should go at all. Yeah. Instead of just, why don't you just go walk for 20 minutes or get on your spin bike for 20 minutes or do something do a one minute plank <laughs> do yeah and it really um which i find when i do do that at least seems to lead to other things but um yeah i so understand that if i can't do it all and do it you know a certain way right. then i tend to not do it right right and so and you're not alone a lot of people are like that and so um so how do you practice getting good at good enough for now now i was born being comfortable with good enough for now. So I will just, I mean, I want to come out and say that because there's probably a lot of perfectionists that are like thinking there's no way. Yeah, I have no and, idea. <laughs> and so, um, but, but there is, there are ways. And so here are some ideas for you in order to get comfortable with practicing good enough for now. Now, the first thing that I would say is pick something that's not uber important to you to practice on. Right. This is not one of the tips, but I'm just thinking about it now. Like you probably don't want to take like your only daughter's wedding to practice good enough for now on. Right. Like that you might want to like strive for a closer to perfection. But um, but if it's, you know, pick something like your garden. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to try to plant something like take one wine barrel this year and try that and just see if you can just try something. See what can works. You plant, can you plant vegetables in those wine barrels? Yeah. Yeah. See, there we so, go. I'm thinking I have to build this whole raised bed right. and do this you can, whole thing and next greenhouse time, and all. Yeah, and next time you get your tires changed, just keep the tires and fill them in with soil, and there's your raised bed. Really? Yeah. Mm. And then if you really want to get all Martha Stewart, you could probably paint them. I don't know what kind of paint sticks to tires, but but that's <laughs> one thing you can do. But the first thing to practice getting to good enough for now is to set hard deadlines. And the reason for that is because you have to finish by a certain time. Now, perfectionism, like it can go on and on mm-hmm. and on. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I had the first draft done on Friday, so I'll probably get the second draft by next Wednesday. And then maybe like the final draft will be like three weeks from now, right? Well, I really need it by Friday. So can I just have what you have? Um, so set a hard deadline for yourself. So it forces you to discern what's really important. Now that brings us to step two, which is outline and discern what are the most important pieces of this project that I have to get right. Like, what do I need to know? What needs to be close to perfect Mm -hmm. for it to go off, right? So it could just be that, um, you know, if you're writing a book, let's say, that you um, want the content to be just right. Or it could just be like the content can be good enough, and the but the grammar has to be perfect. Like that's something that's really important um, in terms of publishing. So I want the grammar to be perfect or, you know what? I really want the way it looks to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, whatever that is. So, um, so pick like the, the two, maybe three things about a project that just have to be right. And, um, and then focus your energy on getting those in their great form, their excellent form and let the rest be good enough for now. Right. So you might just um, a perfect garden might be, you know, five different raised beds and um, a greenhouse with like sliding doors that let the breeze in. And and let me tell you, like first year gardener, don't try that. (laughs) 
don't just don't go there we we have like failed at the greenhouse thing um just start with trying to grow like a couple of things and see what come up and just see what works just play with it for this year um so then the third thing that you can do to practice getting good enough for now is to commit to upgrading and revising so maybe halfway through the season you decide like oh you know what this didn't work so i'm going to pull that out and put something else in that can grow through um, a cold snap Mm -hmm. or next year i'm going to do it differently i mean this is our third year planting our raised beds and like i think this year we're actually going to get a decent harvest whereas other years it's we've done it too late we've done the wrong thing and like now we're finally getting to it so just keep upgrading and revising so that can feed your need to perfect things but do it over time and think of it more of mastery than perfection right get to mastery level um number four in terms of practicing good enough for now is that know that done is good enough or done in a good enough form is better than perfect but never finished right so let me say that again know that done in a good enough form is better than perfect but never finished because you could get something like to it's just near perfection, like one tiny tweak away and never finish the project. And then what's the point, right? I mean, I ho- hopefully you enjoyed the practice of doing it if it never got finished. Um, so, so know that. And then number five is to understand why you're so focused on perfectionism. You know, get underneath that. Ask yourself, what would be at risk for me if I was to do this and it wasn't perfect you know what is at risk for me at that and then just keep asking yourself and then what would be at risk for me because oftentimes there's some thoughts and there are some beliefs that are unexamined and we need to look at that to see what's driving the need to be perfect and if it's that if it's somewhere in there that falls into that whole thing around like if it's not perfect i won't be loved i won't be accepted i'll be at risk for being fired um know that and notice how that whole chain of reaction goes right if you know if you're thinking if it's not perfect i'll be fired then notice what emotional what emotions come up for you when you're thinking that thought you know anxiety stress um nervousness and then how do you behave when you're anxious nervous and stressed you know well i I fret, I overdo things, I overthink things, I paralyze and, you know, and then what's the result of that? Well, I don't finish things and then that potentially leads to me not having a job because Mm -hmm. I can't get things done, right? So you can see how the thoughts drive the emotional response, Mm -hmm. which drives the behavior, which often seeks to justify the initial thought. And so it's important to understand what's driving your need for perfectionism. And then number six is to recognize, too, that perfectionism is a reactive tendency. So we use at the Peelant Coaching Center, we use the uh, leadership circle profile, and it shows it's a 360 review, and it shows creative competencies and uh, reactive tendencies. And the creative competencies are things that effective leaders do. And reactive tendencies are things that get in the way of effective leadership. And perfectionism is one of those reactive tendencies. So know that. A lot of people kind of wear it like a badge of courage. Like, yeah. oh, I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> and I'm proud of it. And it's like, okay, well, that's a reactive tendency. That's like me saying, I'm a controller. <laughs> Not the kind that deals with money and numbers. <laughs> the kind that tells everybody what to do. Um, right? That's a reactive tendency. So, so know that. And then um, strive for achieving results 
and being decisive versus versus being perfect, perf, um, having things be perfect. So strive for achieving results and being decisive. Work on that versus striving for getting something perfect. And then finally, know that good enough for now doesn't mean mediocre or crummy work, mm-hmm. right? Because I think a lot of people think like it's perfect or it stinks. Yeah, And that is not what we're talking about here. We are not talking about mediocre, you know, non-thoughtful work. We are talking about being thoughtful, but prioritizing the time frame over a perfect result. Yeah. Prioritizing getting it done and doing it with excellence. So my friend Jill, she always says, strive for excellence, not perfection. Mm-hmm. And that's a um, that's an important piece here is to really strive for excellence uh, and not perfection. And um, and those will help you get closer to good enough for now. And they'll help you to be able to um, to navigate your projects at home, at work, in life, your relationships in a way that move you forward instead of getting you stymied and stuck in this whole cycle of perfectionism. This is good advice. So just ideas to think about. As always, take what works for you, leave the rest. So, um, and then to end the show, in the spirit of sharing good news, I've published my first book. Very exciting. Version one. Version one. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was thinking. I published it and I thought, well, I'm sure there's something else that could be done to make it even better. I'm sure there's some kind of little error in there. there We're like, oh, I should have added that. Right. Or, oh, I missed that comma. Oh, Mm -hmm. you know, and I did have it edited and all that. But, um, but at the end of the day, it was, it got to the point where it was, the choice was, you know, publish or continue working on it. (laughs) And I thought, I'm publishing. Like, I am going to go for it. And the good news about publishing is that there are a lot of perfectionists in the world who will email me and tell me what I missed (laughs) and tell me what's wrong. So then that cuts out some of the work for me. But uh, it's (laughs) – this is me looking on the bright side. But but it's called uh, Leap of Faith, Cultivating Your Brave Heart. And it is a collection of my own personal true stories and life lessons – um, that are wrapped into short chapters with exercises at the end of each chapter. So um, you read the chapter. It's like an article-length chapter. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, there are a series of questions and exercises that you can go through to do your own reflection and um, and to grow yourself. And so um, it was published on iBooks, in the iBooks library. So you can download it um, on either an uh an iPad or a Mac computer. And if you don't have that, I am still imperfectly searching for how to publish it on Kindle. <laughs> I'm working on it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you can download it there and I'm super proud of it and very excited. And I'm really proud of finishing it. Congratulations. So yeah, it was a big deal. And I intentionally made it short. It's only 63 pages because, um, it's just my, my partner Gretchen and I, we were chatting and she made the comment to me, you know, why do people need 350 pages to make their point? And it really, it struck me and I thought, you know, you're right. They don't need all that. I think, cause I was thinking I need to add 40 more pages of fluff to make this thing over a hundred pages. And when she said that, I thought, no, I'm done. I've, I've made the point now. There might be a version two, there might be a second volume, and, you know, that's okay. But the response has been interesting. People have, have actually thanked me for making it short because they feel like they actually might be able to digest it and have time to read it. 
Uh-huh. Versus feeling like, oh, I'll get to that next summer when I'm on that vacation. I promised myself I would take this summer. So, um, so yeah, so download it on iBooks if you're an iPad or a Mac user, and uh, I'll be letting you know when it's out on Kindle. Yay! Yay! So, fun! Yeah! So, very, that is good news. Very exciting. So yeah. in the spirit of sharing good news. So go forth and be good enough for now and yep. love yourself in the process. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> it's, a, it's a journey. <laughs> it is a journey. So uh, happy Monday, folks. We'll talk to you same time, same place next Monday. Sounds good. You've been listening to Alexis Robin with The Bright Side here on K Tahoe.